How's it going, guys? Jared Lopes back here with you on the Dad Tired Podcast. Super good to be back with you. Thankful that you hung out with us today. If you're brand new to the Dad Tired family, welcome. Glad to have you. We've got a closed group on Facebook, over a thousand guys from around the world who are taking their faith, their family, and their marriage very seriously. We'd love to have you come be part of that. Go to dadtired.com forward slash uh, community, and you can jump into that group. Uh, we also have a cruise coming up next year, um, and where we're doing a dad tired marriage conference on a cruise ship as we cruise throughout the Western Caribbean. It's going to be amazing and beautiful, and a great time to connect with your wife. Uh, if you want to bring your kids, you're more than welcome to. That's an option as well. Go to dadtired.com forward slash cruise, sign up for that before spots run out. Today, we're talking about biblical masculinity. Like, what does it look like in 2019? to be a man? What, how do we figure that out? What does it even look like? How do we define manhood? Uh, there's so many skewed ideas of what it means to be a man in our culture today. And so we're diving into that. I've got my good friend, Jason Wilson, who's with me. You'll recognize him as he starts to dive into the today's interview. He's got, has a bunch of viral videos on YouTube, which I'm sure you've seen. Um, but you'll, you'll know what we're talking about as we get into that interview. Before we dive in though, I do want to thank my friends over at Blinkist for sponsoring this episode. If you follow me on social media or this podcast, you know that I am a big, avid reader. I love to consume as much content as possible. Uh, But for many of us as husbands and dads and coaches and all the other busy things that we're doing, it's really hard to actually sit down and read, um, which is why you probably like the podcast. And it's why this company, Blinkist, uh, put together this app that allows you to consume books uh, as quickly as possible. Blinkist is the only app that takes the best key takeaways uh, from a book and the need to know information from thousands of nonfiction books, and it condenses them down into 15 minutes. So you can either read it or you can listen to it. Uh, It's made for people like us, like busy dads like us who want to get the main points of a book quickly with Without having to read the entire book and they've got an audio feature on there which is super cool so you, you can literally like finish four books within a day as you're going about your work or your commute or doing the dishes or helping out around the house whatever i mean it's it's super super helpful there's over eight million people who are using blinkist right now it's got a massive growing library from self-help books to businesses to health books history books all kinds of stuff on there uh, one of my personal favorite books is a book called start with why by simon sinek i listened to it on blinkist i loved it uh it's a super helpful book. I, I actually talk about the principles of his book, Start With Why, on this show all the time and basically figuring out what is your unique why and how you start to operate within that. There's another book on there uh, for parents called How to Talk So Kids Will Listen and Listen So Kids Will Talk. Another book that I listened to on Blinkist, again, didn't have time to read the whole book, but took 15 minutes to listen to the condensed uh, bullet point version, the, the key takeaways of the book and found it very, very helpful. So right now for a limited time, Blinkist has a special offer for you or the Dad Tired audience. Go to Blinkist.com forward slash tired. You can start a seven-day free trial. That's Blinkist, B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T, Blinkist.com forward slash tired to start a free seven-day trial. Blinkist.com forward slash tired to get your seven-day free trial. Jason, super excited that you decided to hang out with us on the Dad Tired Podcast. Welcome. For those listeners that don't know you, uh, tell us who you are and what you're up to these days, man. Hi, um, my name is Jason Wilson. I'm um, the founder and CEO of a youth-serving nonprofit in Detroit called The Union. I'm also um, the director of the Cave of Adullam Transformational Male Training Academy, um, which has really been getting us 
uh, the most notoriety around the country and even the world. And so I'm really passionate about both. But um, from my heart, uh, what I've experienced growing up uh, in Detroit without a father and then uh, dealing with um, what I now call misconstrued masculinity um, is very important for me to give the young men of the next generation what I long to have. And that's a freedom to truly be liberated in Christ and not to be, you know, bound anymore by the world's perception of what it is to be a man. Hmm. I got to be honest, man. I So whenever I have a guest on the show, I like to obviously get myself real familiar with what they're doing and how God's using them. And so I was going and I was on your YouTube channel mm-hmm. and I was watching some videos that you have on YouTube. And, uh, dude, I just started bawling. Like I, mm. started, I just started crying, uh, particularly... Um, there's a one one video that you had. I think the the dads and kind of older brothers and mentors that push up um, symbolic thing that you do, where that you put these boys on the the backs of these men. Uh, man, it just it, it like ripped my heart and strings. Mm. Yeah, so uh, I you're to blame for me like looking like I've been crying all morning. <laughs> um, well, yeah, but, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I cry editing those videos. Uh, I've read, so, dude. Yeah, so yeah, and yeah, I, yeah. I I first saw you. I like mo- like a lot of people did when you uh, when one of your videos went viral. So you had this video of uh, where you were encouraging this young boy as he was having a hard time breaking through this board. Your martial arts teacher, mm-hmm. uh, and and uh, it was during one of your classes. Um, but obviously, this is a podcast. It's hard to show our listeners that. But can you kind of walk through? what happened in that video and what was going on in that scene? You know, it's amazing. Uh, uh, me and his father named Bruce, we often would joke about it because before the test, um, I, I the camera we use is, a, is an expensive camera. But if you look at the video, it's really not focused. I literally just set it up there because he's a good friend. And I just wanted them to have some memories to talk about over the years. And so Bruce, what was interesting um, he had no problems breaking that board prior to that initiation test. Hmm. And so what we saw in that video and why so many people identify with it, we saw what happens when we allow the fear of failure to overcome us. And uh, I have a saying that when I feared failure, I failed. Hmm. And so I gave him in that moment, I wanted him to know that he was the most important uh, uh, part of that moment. And so I literally dropped to my knee and I had a bad knee. If you watch the video, I could barely get back up. <laughs> but <laughs> um, I allowed him an opportunity to express what he was feeling without receiving condemnation. Yeah. Um, so quick, we'll say man up. But as soon as we say that, it insinuates that a, a man is not being a man. So from the door, it's already negative energy. And so what I did was the same thing that our Lord does with us. He he hears us and he listens. And then from that, I just reminded him of what he'd been through, that he already had broken the board prior, but also things will be difficult. And it's okay to be scared in this moment because truth be told, uh, so many uh, young brothers I know are in the grave right now or jail because they didn't allow that fear of that moment to cause them to think or uh, um, contemplate a decision they made that was detrimental. Mm-hmm. And so it was very important in the academy, the cave, that we allow the young boys, the men, even their fathers to express the nervousness, the sadness, uh, the indifference. 
and and not to shun these emotions, but to decide whether we're going to keep them or cast them away. And so um, that's what you saw in the video. I gave him an opportunity uh, to express his emotions, to identify was this real, and then for him to give him the confidence to push forward. And as you saw, he ended up breaking the board. Yeah, yeah, it was a really powerful video. Um, on that, the whole you you started that talking about that by talking about that whole concept of man up. Um, I'm, it's something we hear like both in the Christian world and non-Christian world, like mm. men outside of the church are always telling each other, you know, man up, like get yourself together, whatever. But it's also something we actually hear in the church world. Mm-hmm. Uh, to, uh, we hear pastor, I grew up hearing pastors all the time saying like, you just need to man up, discipline yourself, like do what you need to do and start kind of being a man. Mm. I think most men, especially like me, uh, it sounds like you didn't grow up with a dad. I'm 31 years old. I didn't grow up with a dad around. Um, when I hear the words man up, I have no idea what that actually means. Um, for talk us through that. Like, what what is what is? I guess we'll start here. What is the world saying? What do, what does the world mean when they're saying "man up" or "be a man"? What does the world define as masculinity and manhood? Basically, so when I studied the the phrase, it actually came from the cowboys, which meant cowboy up. So when you fell off a horse, it meant cowboy up, get up and get back on the horse. And so man up is the same thing. It's basically get up, man. Don't worry about if you're sad or you're, or you're upset or you're discouraged or you feel you don't have confidence. Just suck it up and keep going. The problem is when we suck anything up, especially our emotions, we're going to get backed up. Hmm. And that's what happens with men. And then we wonder why we have a our threshold is so low in regards to even just if you're married, why can't you just navigate through your wife's fears um, when she's worried about something, you can't because you're not even used to entertaining the emotion of fear. Hmm. And so the problem, I mean, f- first of all, for a Christian to say man up is count, it's not biblical. For That's we right. know that it is in our weakness that the power of Christ is perfected. It is also right. written, I believe, in 1 Samuel 2 9, that it's not by strength that man shall prevail. And so. It's, it's a false pride, and what it does is that it sets you up for insanity because once you allow uh, this limited definition of masculinity, this adjective to define the totality of who you are as God's creation, and then you don't you cut off half of your humanity to be masculine, now you find yourself depressed, doing high-risk behaviors, pornography, drugs, whatever, because those emotions are real. The seat of the soul is the seat of the emotions. And so to tell a man not to be emotional is just telling him to cut off half his half of his humanity. And what I love about the most high was when he told Cain, he says, listen, Genesis, I think four, seven, he says, sin is crouching at your doorstep, but you must master it. Mm-hmm. And the sin in that case was that like we know, I think it's the book of James, knowing the right thing to do, but not doing it. He knew the right thing to do. And, and, and the Lord said, if you just do what is right, will your gift not be accepted? Mm. But because he could not rule that emotion, he killed his own brother. And because of that, he basically killed himself pretty much because he had to be banished. And so the, the term man up, I say man down now. Um, I'm actually working on another book now. And that's one of the chapters. And I expound on uh, the benefit of manning down. And so. Christ man down when he allowed uh, people to hang him up on the cross because he said he could have called the angels to come down to take him off of the cross. Right. But he man down when he lowered himself to humanity. 
And so if that's to me, that's the perfect picture of manhood is Yahushua HaMashiach is Jesus Christ, because and if he could man down. Who am I not to? And I follow him. And because of the man up, Jared, we don't rest as men. Um, I have so many men, regardless of ethnicity, we will always laugh because if we're taking a nap and our wife comes home, we could be it could be an off day from work. But if our wife is working, come home, we jump up like we've been working. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like, what is that? Why can't I just rest? But it's because. We have this cape on all the time and it's choking us. And finally, and I'm praising God for this because we're starting to see, unfortunately, uh, more people who are in the public eye commit suicide or are mm. now where well, the good thing is they're starting to express their struggles with mental health. And uh, for so long, especially in the church, we've over spiritualized the treatment for mental illness. Mm hmm. And uh, we forgot Luke was a physician. And so right. it, it's, it's, it's loaded, my friend. And so, you know, masculinity, when I looked up the word, I thought it would be a comprehensive definition of what it is to be a man. But it talked about attire. <laughs> you know, mm. like, wow. Said, Whoa, what is, whoa, so this is completely wrong. You wow. know? And so that's what we have to change as men if we're truly going to be comprehensive. How how are you defining manhood for your son? Like when you're when you're raising your son, you have one son or you have a couple I, of sons? I have one son and I have a beautiful daughter as well. Awesome, man. So for for your son in particular, mm -hmm. what are you telling him what it means to be a man? Um, you know, I, I never, you know, interesting, interestingly, I never said that phrase. This is what it means to be a man. Hmm. I'm so are, I, 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 I'm more like tend to show this is what it means to be a man of the most high or a human. Hmm. And so, cause it's, it's something loaded in that phrase because at the end of the day, you know, especially for African-American men, you know, we're majority of them, men my age who are African-American, we're two generations away from slavery or three. Yeah. And so clearly my father didn't know how to be a father. Neither did his pretty much. Because we're, we, we, we've been enslaved for over 400 years. And so it's like, how do you, we have to get back to who we were before slavery. And then when I talk to my other friends who um, or are of different ethnicity, they say, you know, we got the John Wayne era. We got our fathers. We, they didn't know how to be fathers. So it's a universal, uh, I guess, tragedy. I mean, seriously, because everyone from the 60s on back it wasn't about being a compassionate man, pretty much. You had to be tough, rugged, and strong. And so be a man. That was just the the the, the phrase of the era. And so I, when I talk, when I show my son, I show him love, I show him tears. I tell him to be comprehensive. You know, uh one of my martial art instructors just said something to us so deep. So imagine a room in the heart of Detroit with a room full of brothers, strong fighters. And he asks one simple question. He says, who are you? And so you go around the room and says, I'm a warrior. I'm strong. I'm a provider. I'm a protector and all these other things. And he starts laughing. He says, not one adjective can define you. And we were mm -hmm. like, well, what do you mean? He says, you're anything and everything you have to be at any given moment. Mm -hmm. So that's what I show my son. I give him what I long for. I stopped living from the wounds that was inflicted upon me uh, through the trauma I experienced with my father, through uh, just fights or just being mistreated or the loss of so many loved ones. 
And I've finally been able to uh, break free from emotional incarceration and live from the love, um, hug my wife, kiss my son, cry in front of him. Now he knows how to express himself. One of the videos that went viral with him boxing in my driveway and I told him about confidence and he feels free to cry now and now he can express himself. So honestly, I don't say this is what it means to be a man. I say this is what it means to be comprehensive and be a yeah. human because it's so many you're gifted in so many ways. So as soon as we say be a man, what is that? Because the Bible says we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. So I don't you know. Truthfully. We don't know. The word says God's ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. So the things that he may have us for us to do that we consider being a man, we don't understand. So how can we ever really define, quote unquote, manhood if you're a believer, you know? And so in that, Jared, I'm real big about being free and really being liberated because I want to be who God created me to be. And I talk about in my book how... You have uh, uh, during like the uh, uh, the era when I grew up in the 70s, you know, a, a man cooking in the kitchen was just unheard of. You were talked about it, call you a woman. But now look at all these gifted men who are great chefs who probably had that passion, but had to hide out cooking somewhere because right. of this misconstrued masculinity. Right. You know, so I could go on with that. That's a loaded one, man. But at the end of the day, it's it's just about. Uh, it's a great. Uh, it's just about living from the heart that Christ gave us, man. It's about not living from the wounds, getting healed, seeking professional help, um, and getting healed so that you can love again. And from that love, that's what makes us courageous and strong, compassionate, powerful. Like Christ said, there's no greater love than when a a man lays his life down for his friend. He didn't say it was no greater strength. He says there's no greater love. It's the love that manifests the courage, not vice versa. Hmm. Man, what what about for the guys who are saying, well, do I have to like, what, is it okay to be tough? Like I, there's, there's probably a lot of guys listening to this who are just like, quote unquote, uh, <laughs> manly men, right? As the culture mm-hmm. would define it, right? Mm-hmm. They're out, they're working hard with their hands uh, and they're just, they, they feel rugged and they, they're like, is that is it okay to be that? And I, it's funny, I'm, as I'm asking this question, I'm looking at your Skype profile picture. Dude, you're a yoked dude, man. You're, you're, <laughs> <laughs> and I've seen, I've seen your videos. Uh, so people could be listening to this podcast and think, you know, this episode and think, you know, well, Jason, you know, you're in the kitchen cooking and you're kind of softy. Well, dude, you're not soft, man. Like, I'm looking at you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, that's funny. A friend of mine named Sean says, man, you know, only you could release a book called Cry Like a Man. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know, here it out. Here it is. You're 6'1", 228 pounds. Uh, this morning, actually, I hadn't lifted consistently in about a year, honestly, and I was able to throw up the 115s. I posted a video on my Instagram page. Bro, I tr- yeah. Trust me, I saw that. I was throwing around like 25 pounds yesterday <laughs> in the gym, and then you throw the 115s. I'm like, what? I don't even know if I can interview this guy today. <laughs> <laughs> and so at the end of the day, man, to answer your question, Yes, it's it's a great thing to be strong, but you also want to be sensitive. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's like and and honestly, man, you know, I'm around I know some warriors, you know, men who I have friends who are police officers. I mean, you you name it, or men who are just activists in the community, or men who just provide for their families and they're strong men, have hard backgrounds, but love the Lord now. They're still strong, but they're sensitive. 
They're yeah. courageous, but they're compassionate. And yes, you have to be, again, it's, it's all going back to being comprehensive. And so, you know, me, I love martial arts. One of my favorite, and I wish I had more time to train in it, is a Brazilian jiu-jitsu mm-hmm. because it, cha- it makes you fight. You can't hide behind a fighting, quote-unquote, fighting style. Mm-hmm. You have to... Fight it out and wrestle it out. It reminds me when, when the scripture talks about Jacob wrestling with the angel. Yeah, yeah. And so one time, and ironically, you know, we have to share uh, this this niceness that we think Jesus was the woman with the beard, like my friend Paul would say, you know, and he was very rugged. Hmm. And so, but yet he was still compassionate. And so I remember one time the Holy Spirit telling me when I was uh, rolling in, in jujitsu, which is grappling, and I had a problem, man, with beating or submitting people because by my nature, I'm a teacher. And I had to work through that. God was like, I want you to win every time you roll with someone. Hmm. And so as a man, you know, you only get to work through those things when you're able to process your emotions. If not, you'll be that guy in the gym or the school who hurts everyone when you train because yeah. you don't even understand uh, your emotions or you're coming from a, a, a place where it's ego driven. So that's not safe as well. But yes, man, being strong is beautiful, man. It, it, it makes our women feel secure, but also being sensitive, man. Like my wife says, she loves who I am now even more. I've always been strong and, and, and rugged, but she loves that I'm sensitive and I can talk to her now. I can say instead of saying, you know, guys are yell off and curse or whatever, I now say, wow, what you said really hurt me. And it just changes the whole dynamics of the conversation. Right. So I, I this is actually a super fascinating topic to me. Do you, uh, I'll, before I give you my thoughts, or I'll, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. Do you think sensitivity is something that can be learned or is it a personality thing? And the reason I ask this is because I know some guys listening to this are going to say, well, I'm just not sensitive. Right? I'm not an emotional guy. Mm-hmm. I'm, I don't. Ha- I'm not. A, you know. I'm the, I don't know how to show emotions to my wife. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to be sensitive with her. I mean, it's just not the way I'm wired. Mm-hmm. What do you say to that guy? Is it something that can be learned? I agree. They they're they're wired where they can't be sensitive, but they have to be rewired. Okay, mm-hmm. because I used to be in the construction business, and my entire home had to be rewired because it was done incorrectly. So mm-hmm. if we allow life to put wires cross wires in the wrong conduit that doesn't uh, 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 lead the wire without getting crimped in some areas, yes, we can't be sensitive because we allow situations to close off that side of our humanity. I was the same way. You know, I wouldn't I would never cry in front of my my wife or girlfriends back in. I would never man, to be honest with you, even to this day, when I'm walking through the wall, I'm walking through the wall, <laughs> walking through the mall. That's that, that's that manhood. Piece. Yeah, I, I believe you can walk through a wall, though. Trust me, I believe that. <laughs> so as we walking through the wall, I reached down and grabbed my wife's hand. And it's, it's strong. She can feel it's firm. And she looked at me and she'll say, it took you a lot to do that, didn't it? I said, mm. yes, it did. I have to fight through my soul because I grew up in an era, man, you would get beat down if you walked through Detroit holding a woman's hand downtown. Mm. And so, but... I'm a grown man. I'm a gentleman. I'm a warrior. I'm a king. I'm going to hold my queen hand. And mm. so I had to allow the Holy Spirit to rewire me. And the way that came was, of course, 
I pray to be broken, which is a, a long conversation in and of itself, because what hinders us from being sensitive is that we've become hardened by the ways of this world. And we haven't allowed our minds to be renewed so we can understand what the will of God truly is anyway. And so for the men who will say, I can't be sensitive, I agree with you. You probably can't right now. I have men who just cried to me recently, good friends, after reading Cry Like a Man, my book, because it opens you up. Because I'm very transparent, Jerry, because I want all of my brothers to see you are human and it's okay to cry. It's okay to feel nervousness, sadness and fears. We just can't let them rule us. And once uh, he saw that and he was just like, man, and it blessed me, Jerry, because I have a friend now who we can fight together, but we can also cry together, man. Hey guys, just want to take a quick pause and tell you about another resource that I'm really excited about. My friends Jennifer and Aaron Smith uh, started a podcast called Marriage After God. I know if you're listening to this podcast, you're looking for good resources on just how to grow in biblically as a husband, as a father. Uh, and I, I really am so excited about what they're doing over there. If you haven't gone over and subscribed to their podcast, they're talking about what does it look like to fight well? What does it look like to read scripture together, to pray together? What do you do in seasons when you don't hear from God? How do you discipline? Discipline your kids. They cover all set, uh, such good topics over there. So head over to Marriage After God podcast. Make sure you hit the subscribe button and support what they're doing. Uh, I know you're going to get a lot out of it. For the guy that's listening to this, that's like, I want that. I want to be able to get to that. I want to tap into that side of my humanity that I've just like shoved down or got rewired or crosswired or whatever. Like what? You you said one thing, pray to be broken. What are some things that a guy's like, when they hear this, what do they do? What What's something practical they can do? Mm-hmm. Well, okay. Well, we know being broken is, is, okay, so we have our soul, which is always, or we say the flesh is in the way of what the spirit wants. So everyone wants to, well, if you're a believer and you, you're a follower of Christ, you want to f- walk in his steps and obey him. But we have this, the issue is the soul is in our way, our emotions, the flesh, the things that we want to do. And so I prayed for him to gracefully, I'm real specific in my prayers because I don't want you just to break me, Father. <laughs> gracefully break me so that I could be humble and learn your way. And so that I would definitely first ask that prayer with a sincere heart. And then every opportunity that comes, he will present a way. Well, for me, it came through my mother's dementia. Hmm. So most men would run from that because, first of all, no one wants to see their beloved mother struggle like many of our loved ones do with dementia and Alzheimer's. Right. But I couldn't run from this. And so I had prayed many years prior because I lost two brothers to crime. Um, my mother really wasn't affectionate to me, my man. And so... I never had that type of relationship where she loved me, but she was guarded. And so the dementia broke my pride and my will. I thought I could pray demons out and all this other stuff. Dementia still stayed. But what God was showing me through that was showing me my self-righteous ways, my stubbornness. I could not cry seeing my mother going through what she went through. I could not. How am I be strong? And my mother just cursed me out. Hmm. The woman, my first love of my wife. And so many of us as men, we, it could be either our grandmother, a loved one, a child, God forbid, or anything that we have that is heavy on us. 
instead of running away from it, run to it with God's grace and say, Father, show me how to be more like you through this situation. And what I learned with my emotions and serving my mom, I finally learned what sacrifice was. And a sacrifice is not doing what you want to do that someone else needs to be done. Sacrifice is doing what you don't want to do that someone else needs to be done. Hmm. And that's hence the Garden of Gethsemane, because when Christ labored back and forth, Father, could you please remove this cup? He didn't want to do it, but it needed to be done. That's sacrifice. And so as men, first of all, all of us are warriors. I don't care if you are warriors. I don't care if you you feel that you're fearful or a coward. All of those are lies, because if you're breathing and you're you're created, God didn't create cowards like we told, like the angel told Gideon, oh, valiant warrior. Gideon was like, who are you talking to? <laughs> you know, <laughs> but in the kingdom, in heaven, they knew who he was. Yeah. And so as men, we got to walk in that. And the difficult things is, man, we want to be hard, but we 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 shy away from doing hard things. Like we we lift a building if we could, or, or those things. But anything that would test our emotional fortitude, anything that could make us nervous, cry, scared, we shy away. And so every man who's listening, who say, "Look, man, I'm tired of having to go." Uh, get me this beer or something to drink because of the adversity I'm facing. I want to rule my emotions. Go towards them. Do what is right. Face them. And by God's grace, I'm telling you, as I'm speaking through this mic right now, I am a living testimony that he used the adversity and everything, the heartache that I went through my mother to shape the man that you see now. And this is just straight up true, Jared. As soon as my mother died, two months later, that video went viral. Two months later, I was on Dr. Oz, went to the uh, White House with Obama. I, it go, and it didn't stop. This is us use one of our, our training techniques on the, the number one episode where Jack did push-ups with his son. That came from our academy. And it hasn't come down yet because I got out the way of God. Hmm. And every man listening, they know, I know what you're going through. And you're like, man, I'm much stronger than this. I'm more powerful. But you can't experience it until you get out the way. And God cannot use you if you can't be compassionate, if you can't be sensitive. He don't need you to be strong because he's strong enough. Let me rephrase that. He needs us to be strong, you know, to some extent, for sure. But at the end of the day, it is written, it's through our weakness, his power is perfected. You know why? Because it's no longer us. The strength I operate in now, my brother, is the reason I can talk to a kid who has been diagnosed ADHD and he has sit still. It's not me. I'm just out of the way. Now God's power moves through me. And that's what every man desires. And we're only going to get there until we be like Christ, who was very compassionate. He was loving, but yet he was courageous. He was powerful. He was a comprehensive man or God man in the flesh. Mm. Man, that is beautiful, brother. Thank you for sharing that. Um, Wow. You said something in there that was so powerful and just you just kind of said it in passing. But you said we all want to be hard, but we don't want to do hard things. Mm-hmm. Um, geez, that's so powerful. You know, uh, the other day I was probably, this is probably two days ago. 
my son, he's seven years old and he has anxiety when it comes to doctor's offices, dentists, he just can't get him. And it's like, he go, we took him to the dentist. He just couldn't get himself. He started kind of getting into this real anxious moment. It was fighting tears and crying mm. and he just couldn't do it. And so I actually took him out of the, I asked if I could just pause for a moment and say, can I just talk to my son for a minute? I took mm. him out to the car and we actually watched that video of that boy breaking that board. Mm. Uh, and then we talked and I said, son, dude, this is what we do. Uh, we, we step into hard things. It's okay. Mm. I was just stealing mm. your words, man. I hope that's okay. That's I good, like, man. I said, that's man, we, I said, we step into hard things. We don't run away from it. It's okay to be scared. It's okay if you walk in there crying, but you step towards hard things. You don't run away from hard things. Uh, and man, he got out of that car with his head held high and he walked in there and he was, I could tell with every ounce of his body language, he was terrified but he sat in that chair and he did the x-rays. He did everything he hated to do. But you could his confidence as he walked out of there that he stepped into something hard and instead of running away from it. And obviously, he's seven. It's the dentist. But that principle of learning to run towards hard things instead of running away mm. from hard things. If we as men... Would, would have that uh, yes. skill. I'm watching my seven-year-old practice what I'm still trying to learn as a 31-year-old man. <laughs> yes, sir. You know, and so, man, hmm. just just uh, what you just shared there is so powerful. I think that if there's anything that our listeners would catch from today's episode, it's that uh, if you want to be a hard man, step into hard things. And the hardest mm. thing is is to, to pray that prayer that you said. The mm. hardest thing would be to say, God, would you by your grace, break me. And would you gracefully break me? <laughs> yes, um, sir. That's the hardest thing to do, man, because God will do it. Uh, yes. He will answer that prayer. Because <laughs> yeah, honestly, um, man, truthfully, this is his, his Holy Spirit is prompting it. And many men feel it. You know, what's interesting, you're talking about your son it was at the dentist, correct? Yeah. So my son had surgery on his ear and I forgot what they call it. When you come out of surgery, you're like in a shock or something. Hmm. And so he started screaming. And so we're in a waiting room. I leaned to my wife. I said, that sounds like Jake. Mm. And so the uh, the nurse comes out and she asked for my wife. I'm like, okay. I'm like, why not ask for me, right? <laughs> so here, my wife's an RN. I'm like, okay, maybe she knows she's a registered nurse or whatever. Yeah. So she goes to the back. I hear him scream again, yell at the top of his lungs. So I get up and the receptionist was like, well, sir, your wife is back there. And I looked at her in all respect. I said, excuse me, ma'am. You have to open that door right now. My son needs me. Mm. So I went back there and this is what's interesting. Within a matter of minutes, I was able to calm his soul. Mm. See, as a man, because we've bought into this misconstrued masculinity, we've suppressed the nurturers in us. Yeah, I am a nurturer. You are a nurturer as well. And our boys need our mothers for sure. I still need mine. I miss her. She's gone. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, our boys need to experience what does it feel to be comforted by a man, especially my father. Mm. And so I was able to say, son, I know you're scared. This is, man, this is traumatic, my man. Wow. But look at you. You made it through. I'm proud. So let's calm down. Let's check that emotion because you're fine now. And he just calmed down. He saw a strong man in front of him. He saw a caring man in front of him. He said, okay, he's not condemning me because I was yelling. And I, I can do this. And he calmed down. And I can't tell you how many times in barbershops when I've seen fathers almost snatch their sons out the chair from from the embarrassment of their sons crying after for their first haircut. Mm. That's traumatic for a boy. Yeah. You know, so it's like, oh, my son, it's cool. You're just getting your haircut. Let me give him a break. My mama pulled him out the chair for a minute, kick it with him. Let the next man go up now. 
That's what our sons need. It's not he's no punk because he doesn't can't get his hair cut. It's, it's something about it. He's never had his hair cut before. Yeah. You know, and so those things as men, man, there's so many good men out here, man. It, and, and, and also um, the, the the lack of vulnerability, man, is hindering so many men from entering into great relationships, you know, Um I did a video and I talked about how a friend of mine, we were talking, he's single, good looking brother, six figure job, very successful, single. And I said, well, man, you know, we got to figure out what's going on, brother. (laughs) You know, make a long story short. He says, man, I wish I could be vulnerable, man. But she always has to see Bruce Wayne. They can never see Batman. Mm. And so although that was humorous, that is a problem. Because as a man, when you get married, you know she's not going to see you strong all the time. Yeah. But that's what you get married for. And we have we forgotten that God said he gave her as a helpmeet? That's right. So me and my wife, we built our legacy together. She's the executive director of our nonprofit, The Union. She, I got our house. Yeah, I had the money to put down on it, but we had to work together to fix it up. Yeah. And so many men are missing a blessing, turning down what they could have because of things that they feel that they don't have, you know? So it's just, it's, 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 it's truly doing men as a whole a disservice not to uh, be a comprehensive man, to be strong, but sensitive. And I, I'm praying that God will use me to give men to confidence, to step out and walk and live from their hearts. And I pray that even my journey um, through the, through my book, what men would say, wow, if he can do it, I can do it. Yeah. Man, you had me tearing up. Um, <laughs> I could talk to you for hours. Uh, I'm so grateful that you took the time to hang out with us today. I've already made a decision in my mind. I'm coming out to Detroit and spending the day with you and see what, what God's doing there. Um until that happens, or uh, as we wait for that, tell us where the listeners can get your book and uh, stay connected with you. Awesome. Um, you can purchase Cry Like a Man right now pretty much everywhere, but um, I love Amazon.com um, because um, the reviews are really good. You know, for people who may not be sure about the book, if you buy it on Amazon, you can leave a strong review, and then more men will be open to purchasing it. Of course, Barnes & Noble, iBooks, it's pretty much will be everywhere through David C. Cook. And if anyone would like to follow me on social media, uh, my handle is uh, Mr. Jason O. Wilson. Uh, Mr. Jason, the letter O is for my middle name, Oliver, and then Wilson. Awesome, man. Yeah. But uh, I'm going to tell my listeners that only follow them if you want to recognize how much weight you can't lift and really be embarrassed. <laughs> Get out of me. I can't. Yeah, I was sleeping in this morning. I wake up to you lifting weights, bro. I felt really, uh, I didn't know what to Man, feel about myself. And I had a young guy with me, so uh, my assistant, Chris, and it's always good. It's funny when he look at me, he, I'm in his face, he's like, how is this guy this drawing his soul, you know? But um, he keeps me young, you know, and uh, man, I, 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 you know, when I grabbed the weight, it was funny. I said, Father, you know, uh, can I get strong again? Because for, for, I actually stopped my training, martial arts, and I haven't really been consistent in weight training, man. Honestly, like three years, um, I had been going through, it was the, uh, just to finish up the breaking process, I had leaned too much on my physical ability. Hmm. And now I truly 
um, walk by the spirit, like you asked this more uh, before we started this discussion. Um, is there anything that you could say or do to make me feel you know, good about the call or whatever? And I don't have nervousness about it because if the Holy Spirit don't speak through me, that's that's God's responsibility. Yeah. I, so I pray with you and I'm like, hey, I yield my body to you. So, you know, whatever you want to say, use me. And then when I'm done, you know, I have, you know, little Jason back, you know. <laughs> Other than that, I just I just want men to have that freedom, man. I, I run to men with tears in their eyes, man. And for so many years, I thought it was um, exclusive to uh, uh, one ethnicity, African-Americans. And we go through a lot as black men. You know, you see it on the media. But when I start running into my other my brothers from a, another mother, crying and tears in their eyes, different nationalities. I'm like, God was showing me, Jason, it's so vast. Yeah. All my men are hurting. And that's what I want. I I I want I want them to be liberated, man. I want them to be able to like want to go home and be with their wives and their children and or just to be you know, bold in their career, you know, don't turn away that job promotion because you think you're not the guy for it. Walk in it, man. Everything is a challenge. It's new. Go ahead and go for it, you know. And um, uh, before I leave, I would like to a lot of guys ask me about passive aggressiveness, man. And I the what helped me the most was um, you ever go to a restaurant? Um, I always use like life to teach me because that was my whole breaking process. Um, and you, you know, you meet your waiter or waitress and you know, just from the, the, from their intro, you're about to have a bad experience. Yeah. Yeah. But instead of saying, you know, Hey, I want someone else, we endure. And then we leave, we're upset. Now we're complaining to the manager, whatever you may have. So what I learned, Jerry, to work on my passive aggressiveness or to speak up when I need to, I now say when I feel that the service is not going to be up to my standard and my family, I say, excuse me, could you please get someone else to service? Because it seems like you're in a very bad mood today. And the money that I'm spending, I want my family to have a beautiful experience. Hmm. Every and this is the truth. Every time I have to do that, the waiter or waitress say, what's wrong? I mean, am I not being can you see something on me? Am I being rude? I'm like and I tell them. Now they start talking about their life. Yeah. But what it does for me, I stop leaving that. Uh, I don't leave the situation that causes me to be upset. I don't hold that anger in and then come at home and snap at my wife. I learn how to channel the emotions, speak in a respectable way, but still, if I'm adamant, I'm adamant. However, I will not leave that situation and have not expressed what was an offense to me or something that I was bothered with. And so many good men feel that they have to suck the beat down of the world up and then come home and they don't understand why they don't have any patience with their own family. Yeah. And, and, and that's, that's the key, my man. It's, it's if you don't get control over your emotions and the way you get control over them, you got to start expressing them. And then when you start expressing them, because the only reason we get mad and ready to fight it's because someone said something that hurt our feelings. And that's, man, you just got to be real with it. Right. You know, you punk, you ain't nothing. You're like, you're hurt. That hurts you somewhere. Right. And now you're ready to knock him out. But because you don't process it as hurt, you process it as him punching you, you don't even know how to navigate through the situation. Right. So. 
can you be my mentor, man? Can I just have you on speed dial just to call you? <laughs> man, stay in touch, man. I really love what you're doing. I know I went through your Instagram, man. I can't. Re- it was one you re- replied to me on, and it was about the wife just sharing her heart uh, to her husband about mm. what she needed, and he was shut down. Yeah. And that was me, man. And that brought tears to my eyes because I'm like, man, thank you, Father, for bringing me through that. Mm. And because I would literally shut down to my wife. I wouldn't say, I wouldn't talk to her, man, because for me to talk to her, that means I had to be emotional. Right. And I don't want to go there because I may cry and she can't see me cry. Right. I'm like, my God, how many men are married to women that they can't cry in front of? Mm. I couldn't imagine it, man. And so, I, I, again, I, you know, I, I just seem like it seems like the climate is right, and men are like, "Look, enough is enough." Even wives are coming and be saying, "Look, I'm tired of hearing happy wife, happy life." That's not the truth, right? Because it's not the truth. Because you make the wife happy you, as a husband, you're doing everything for her. Now you're still irritable. You're angry. You're feeling that the relationship is one-sided. And then vice versa, if a wife does the same for a man and she's not content, it's no happiness. Hmm. And so we have to get, I call them misleading mantras. We have to get away from these things. You know, like what doesn't kill you uh, may not make you stronger. May was meant to kill you, but didn't kill you that time. Right. Does that mean you still do the same thing over and over <laughs> right. again? Absolutely not. Or the classic, no pain, no gain. Classic uh, weightlifting mantra. I can't tell you how many men I've known who've had injuries that if they would have just let the pain allow them to rest, they could have recovered a lot faster. Now, because of it, some of them can't even stand up straight Hmm. because pain is not meant for us always to push through it. Sometimes pain is meant for us to slow down and think through it. (laughs) You know, and so such simple but powerful wisdom right there. Yeah, it's but. Again, we fall in line with this false sense of masculinity. It's I'm sorry, I got to stop saying that because masculinity is what it is. It's a limited definition. It's nothing. Mm-hmm. It does. It cannot. It can never describe the comprehensive nature of who God created us to be as a man. Mm-hmm. It's just an adjective. One. Mm-hmm. Jason, your passion uh, bleeds through, man, and I'm so grateful that you are sharing some of it with us. I'm grateful that you shared some of your story and what God's doing and has done in your life. And uh, I know for me personally, you've pointed me closer to Jesus, and I I have a feeling you're going to point a lot of guys in this episode closer to Jesus. So praise God for that. Thank you for hanging out with us today, man. Hey, man, thank you for the invite, man. I'm honored, and um, maybe we can do it again. Hey guys, hopefully this episode was helpful for you. If it was, make sure to subscribe, leave a review. Just gets more guys exposed to what we're doing in the ministry. Uh, I want to remind you guys, my friends over at Yumi, they make that baby food that's just organic, it's delivered to your door. It really is the best, healthiest, freshest baby food on the market. There's a lot of young dads out there, a lot of dads, uh, although we don't feel young anymore. (laughs) A lot of dads who uh, have young ones, newborns, and uh, infants who are just starting in the baby food, the solids. If that's you, make sure to go to helloyumi.com pick up some of their baby food. But thanks again for hanging out with us this week and I'll see you next week. Later guys.